Are South Asian women left out of political conversations or is it willful ignorance? When was the last time you had a discussion about a policy, a politician, or political party with your husband, daughter, brother, or sister? Where did you learn political engagement? Do you care about politics? Should we care? These are some of the questions we will be discussing in today's episode. Growing up with immigrant parents is a vastly different experience in comparison to the average American predominantly Caucasian or African American households. I don't remember my mom or aunts ever having any opinions or conversations about elections or policies. Anything I heard at home was a spillover of conversations between men during some large celebratory gathering while I delivered snacks or beverages that were prepared by the women huddled in the kitchen. I wasn't taught about women's reproductive rights or racial inequality. I had to live it and then understand what it is. I'm still understanding what it is. With everything that's been happening in our country over the last seven years, it is more important than ever for us to understand the power of our vote and the importance of political engagement. There is a palpable movement among South Asian women towards empowerment. We need to bring that movement to the collective. Empowered women empower women. And Sadia Mirza is one of those women. Sadia is a 30-something-year-old entrepreneur from Texas with a successful marketing firm through which she helps companies establish and grow their online presence. She spends her free time creating short videos on TikTok and Instagram, educating the public on big policy changes, racial injustices, human rights violations, women's reproductive rights, or fighting off the many trolls that flock to her comment section. She's a Democrat in the heart of Texas, so you can imagine how that's going for her. She is also editor at theprogressivist.com. The Progressivist is a progressive social movement driven by inclusive and reformist empowerment, whose mission is to consistently demand for political and socio-political change for the betterment of people and the planet. Hello, Arte. Hello, Arte. Hello, Arte. Hello, Arte. Let's kick us off by getting to know our special guest today, uh, Sadia. Tell us a little about yourself. We'd love to hear about your journey, um, and especially your journey into raising political awareness, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Sure. Thank you all for having me today. It's wonderful to meet you. Um, you know, I, I've grown up in the South my whole life. I was born in New Orleans and raised in Houston. Uh, so I was raised in a conservative Desi family, if you will. Um, my grandfather immigrated here and he brought, you know, my dad here. And uh, we were trying to follow some Pakistani traditions, I guess they've always had. And, you know, being born here as an American, that was a little bit um of a jolt for me because I would go to school and you live one life and then you go home and you live another. Um, so I was learning a lot in school that kind of uh, was different than what my parents were wanting to raise me, you know, um, as, as a conservative, I was also, you know, being brought into the political spectrum by my parents and my grandparents, cause it was important. So they would always say, it's really important that we stay involved and we, you know, we have conservative values in this household and that's how we all vote. So it's like a very like a group mentality. You can't think outside of the group. Um, and being the oldest child, it was always a struggle. But when I went to college, um, I started at Houston Baptist University, which was not a good fit for somebody who was uh, trying to come out of that conservative mindset. And I felt like 
with all the reading I was doing and the learning and the questioning I was doing, I didn't feel like I was in a place that I could really express that. So I actually transferred over to the University of Texas at Austin. And I guess people consider that my radicalization phase. Um, I started making uh, videos there. Um, you know, I went to school for video art. So I was never in front of the camera, I always made these videos. Um, and I've just always been very politically active, even if nobody used to stand, you know, by the five of us during an NRA protest, because uh, it wasn't really like a hot topic back then, you know, in 2006, 2010, and so forth. Um, it, it's just become something that's uh, very integral, I feel like to me, and talking to other Orte like our, us is, is important, because I feel like a lot of times we're left out of the conversation. Um, and that fuels me even more. Yeah. Did your parents see that as sort of rebellious of you that, you know, they instilled this sort of sense of remaining, you know, being like close to politics, being involved, voting? Um, did they see that as sort of you going kind of against what they had instilled in you? Absolutely. I mean, it was like a, like, I, I felt like it was like this dirty secret I would keep inside my, my grandpa and my dad would talk about politics, you know, as we're cleaning up or whatever. And they would say something and I'm like, that sounds pretty not like a normal person would think <laughs> like, what world do you guys live in man's world you know so it was you're, you're yeah it was kind of like a failed i guess i was a failed child at that point so sadi i have a question do uh, are other women also politically involved in your family are they part of the conversation conversations that you guys have like the roundtable discussions on politics I would say now that they are. I, I, my grandma has her own space. She comes from a little bit more, like I said, conservative uh, background. Uh, my mom as well. She may not be as progressive or liberal as I am, but um, she too is part of the conversation. My sister is. I feel like I feel like there was this weird time where we all had to kind of like do the same thing, and then there's just like this one child me that's just like saying dumb shit the whole way. Excuse my French. And um, then you know, I guess it wasn't so dumb because people will be like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. So I felt like it kind of like started this avalanche of people feeling a little bit more in our family. Women are particularly feeling a little bit more comfortable about not in being in agreement with their, their husbands or, you know, the males, male people in our male people, <laughs> the, 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 the men in our Those guys, <laughs> the guys, <laughs> those aliens. Um, <laughs> Uh, the reason why I'm asking is because it's not normal, right? It's not normal for women to be included in that discussion. Like growing up, um, I remember whenever politics was a discussion, it was always like going to a party or something. And like all the uncles would sit in the living room, have these conversations over politics, and all the aunties would be in the kitchen serving food or cooking. So it was never actually a conversation where the women were even part of the dynamic at all. Nobody ever asked their opinions. And then when voting time came around, it was just the wife was... Uh, almost like giving her vote to her husband. Like, you know, I'm gonna wait for you to tell me who to vote for. And it was always so yep. weird. I was like, why are you listening to what, what he's saying? Like, don't you have a mind of your own? Like growing up, yeah. this is what I was thinking, but so I, I'm just interested, like how you ended up getting involved. So, yep. so much a part of your life. Same way as you, you know, I was cleanup crew. I've never really been the cook. So <laughs> cleanup crew is a little closer to the men because they usually are in the True. living room. And I was also the tea delivery person. So, you know, <laughs> as you're walking back and forth to clean up the table or you're taking them their chai, um, I would get to hear their conversations. And I, I remember like they were talking about something that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had said way, way back. This was like early 2000s. And I was like, she's making sense, you guys. Like, why are you saying this opposing opposing thing? And I remember voicing my opinion. And they're like, 
well, if you don't know anything, when you grow up, you'll understand. And I'm like, okay. And I've grown up and I'm, I would say 37 is considered semi grown up. And I'm like, you know, I, I still feel like, <laughs> I still feel like I was right. <laughs> so still feel like now I was my right. whole family, my whole family, I will, I will interject and just say my whole family is now um, uh, quite liberal, uh, including, especially the men. My brother uh, is super liberal. My, my father is even more far left than I am. And this is a guy that <laughs> would say the most ridiculous conservative things you would ever hear in your life. At UT Austin, I think that's where you sort of found your passion and purpose, maybe. What do you think really sparked to that? And do you, Or do you feel like it was just sort of a culmination and the timing was right? It was definitely a culmination, but I felt like I couldn't voice my opinions with my grandfather and my dad uh, being the heads of the family. I felt like uh, it was not my place or I would upset them if I said something that was not what they believed. So when I made these videos, right, like they're not watching, this is before YouTube and all that. So they're not watching my political pieces. And so I would make these videos and it was like a an outlet. I would hear something at home and I would go make these outlet pieces, if you will. And um, I think with the passing of my grandfather, unfortunately, that's when I felt a little braver to kind of come out of my shell. I don't know why that is. I don't know if I had a deep rooted respect for him. I'm sure that's part of it. Or, you know, I didn't want to upset what the normal balance is, but I felt like it was a lot easier to speak up after making those videos in private, not really private, but they were school projects. Um, and then also, you know, being able to kind of bring it up at the dinner table without being told that that's not how we all do things. Mm. So it was almost like you were using that dinner table as a testing ground, right? <laughs> I, absolutely. That poor dinner table has seen many a war, you know, you're right. You went from Jai Wali to politics Wali. <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I'm still ice Jai Wali. I, what do you call it? Ice tea Jai Wali? Yeah, that's me. I'm sure. <laughs> I think all of us are Jai Walis and Kane Walis at some point in our lives. Hell yes. Right? I was a person that, very similar to you. I was a person that would go and deliver the tea and then I'd hear the conversation. I couldn't take it and I would say something. I was, I was a little, I was a little more rebellious. I also didn't have a grandfather in the picture. So just so you know, I see. disclaimer is that my, the people that I was talking to were my parents and the person that I butted heads with the most was my father. He's your typical, typical conservative, well, was typical, typical conservative man um, up until Barack Obama. So yep. he, used to, he used to vote red all the time. And that was same. It. Same. So, so Barack, Barack changed Obama things. Was, yeah, Barack <laughs> changed things. And he was the first person that my dad voted for blue. And then um, Hillary Clinton, which was, yep. I was surprised about that. But he really, really liked Pants Hillary suits Clinton. did it for him. Right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I think he did oh, it out of a loyalty he... towards Bill Clinton. <laughs> it wasn't the emails. <laughs> <laughs> also, a, a Shadid Nafrat of Trump also helped. <laughs> that, that, yeah. It's a good thing to bond on. I feel like most people can. No, it, can didn't, find it didn't actually start there, though. My dad was just like, oh. my, in the beginning, when he Trump first started to run, my dad was like, oh, this is interesting. I was like, no, it's not. He says grabbing by the, you know, bees. This is disgusting. Yeah. We don't we don't want that stuff. So I actually had to confront him about Trump a couple of times. But um, then once he switched, he was like, all right, that's it. So that's interesting. Yeah. So why do we why do we women assume politics is just for South Asian men in our families? What is that? Like Geet said it perfectly that, you know, it's, uh, it's your, it's their, it's the vote is theirs, right? Like this is another thing that they get to run. They, you know, get to run the household, they get to run your vote. 
Um, and if we actually paid attention, we would realize that a lot of these, a lot of the things that we vote for literally affect us. Like what's going on here in Texas, right? Like women are for the first time reaching out, they see women and they're like, hey, I am having a troubled pregnancy and I cannot get the healthcare I need in Texas. What do I do? I can't help you at this point, but this is this. It's sad that it has to get to this point that it's it's harming real people's lives for them to say, well, I didn't know that they could do that. That's not right. Right. Like, I feel like we need to show women that that these these decisions affect us. They see women specifically. Right. Like when they come up with um, with uh, laws to protect your children that you're sending to school. You know, are you part of the conversation, making sure that your children are safe? Are you able to cast your vote on how you feel like your children should be protected in school or what kind of, you know, budgets they should need and things of that nature, who should run the budget. And, and I don't think we realize that that's how we do it here in America because that conversation just isn't had. Do you see that there's more sort of aware, I feel like there's always a little more sort of oomph behind the presidential election, but the other primaries, anything in between there's not much of a turnout ever, right? Do you feel like that's an important space for South Asian women to step into? If we did it in Texas, um, the recent, there was um, propositions made a year ago, was, there was only 9% of the entire state of Texas that showed up for that. So I was one of the entire, wow. could you imagine? And a lot of these church groups, they actually, you know, they, they band together and they say, we all have to go do this. So a very small minority of people made the decision on those proclamations that would affect us during, you know, if God forbid, there's another pandemic. Um, and I feel like, um, because of that, it wasn't as sexy, right? Like the big presidential elections, you get to see the big debates, the, you know, they put a lot of information out there, you know, good talking points, but these, these simple propositions that make huge decisions in our lives, this should be something that should be sexy. This should be something that should be well advertised. People didn't even know when to vote. I had people reaching out to me on the day of voting when I showed my sticker and they're like, how, how long do I have to vote? I'm like, this is it. I've been saying it for three, four weeks. And I feel bad because a lot of Desi, the, the Desi population, South Asian population, a lot of the women that message me, they're stay-at-home moms. They're staying home with two, three kids. They're running them back and forth. They're, some of them are working moms too. They have so much on their plate. They come home, they cook. They're like, when am I supposed to have time to do this? I want to be part of the conversation. So again, the burden falls on the women in our communities. And I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. And especially voting times are not really set up to support the women that are staying home right exactly. how are they supposed to get out on like a random weekday between the hours of like yeah 7 a.m and 7 p.m like that's not gonna work never understood why they didn't have it on the weekends or a national day off right like even if right. you're chai, chai wali for like three times a day right like there's some people who really love their chai you get chai wali you do the cleanup duty you do you still if you had one full day i'm sure somebody would they would make time to go out there um i also feel like if we would bring it up in our you know in our girlfriends groups right like uh, girlfriends i bring it up slowly i don't like bringing up politics but right around election season like midterms right now i'm having conversations with even people uh, extensions of my husband's family that have never voted ever in their lives. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm having to have this tough conversation of like, I know you weren't raised with this, but this is what's going on. Um, and then there's always the pushback of like, well, I don't think that that's real. And that's unfortunate that their world is so like carved out. I feel like by their parents or the, their, their husbands or whatever, that um, the conversations are a little tough. So you have to get them started. 
Yeah, it's almost like predetermined that like, okay, this is what this person's going to do. They're not going to go outside of these boundaries. Yeah, you know, I got to give you a lot of credit because it seems to me like you're having a lot of the difficult discussions that I get very discouraged from. Like I try to have conversation, like I'll start having a conversation with somebody about it. And if I feel like they're just not there <laughs> or, or they just don't understand or they start saying, um, I don't have the time. I, I, this is not even something I'm supposed to do. I'm not interested. I don't push that envelope and I feel like you're probably are doing a better job of that than I ever would yeah. well I, I don't push it either though I don't think it's fair to push just like I wouldn't want something pushed on me I wouldn't push it on them but definitely like bringing up little news bits right like uh, I have a, a family friend who's gotten an IUD for the first time and you know uh, she's not aware she was not aware that that, that the state of Texas may consider contraception to be the next <laughs> thing yeah. to regulate right and she was like what do you mean? What if I need, what if I'm not ready to have my family yet? I can't go get this. I'm like, no, if, if they have their way or if you get pregnant and something goes wrong and you have a high risk pregnancy. So it's not like I'm pushing them. I, I refuse to push this on people, but definitely making it relevant to things that are important to them because, because it literally affects them. Yeah. Do you think that, um, cause I think a lot of South Asian immigrants, and I remember this even in my own family where, we move to the U.S., but we don't really feel like this government is really going to be working for us. So we're going to like just avoid it. Do you see that often happening in South Asian communities there, too? 100%. Can I, can I just before she answers that, can I add to that? I also think it's because the governments back home didn't work for them either. I right. Mean, so there's like a lack of trust. Of, yeah. Yeah, there's a lack of for trust. sure. I feel like men still get involved, but the women really don't have faith in like what's our voice matter here, you know? Right. And it's already their voices like not being heard, even within exactly. those families. Mm. So exactly. it's almost like double, it's a double whammy at that point. Yeah, Sorry. I um, agree. If, if it's not, if you're not feeling it at home, if, if your own parents or your own grandparents or whoever is invalidating your voice, how are you ever going to have the courage to get out there and vote? Cause I'll tell you my, my first, uh, my first democratic vote was, I was scared that I was going to have to keep it secret. <laughs> So I was like, I don't know. I just tell them my vote ran and just go in there. I went to, I remember my, my dad dropped me off when I was in my first year of college and it was like this young, young Republicans meeting and I got dropped off there and I was the only minority in group of 30 Caucasian people. And I think there was one black guy there. And I don't even know if he was actually like supposed to be there. <laughs> he was standing in the other corner and I was standing in the opposite corner. And I remember feeling like, I don't think anything I believe fits in here. I don't think these people are going to listen to me either. So it 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 starts at home and then you you get that, you know, that discouraged again when you get out. So I feel that completely. Yeah. And it's almost intimidating, right? Being that only person, that brown person or that black person in a room full of white people are kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm in the right place even. Mostly white men, because then I was yeah. like, maybe, maybe they were right. Maybe they, maybe they were right about saying politics isn't for women, right? Like you're like, oh, this is their space, kind of like the tech space, right? Like they always say that's more of a, a boys' world. It's it's not because yeah. a lot of us are in it. So right. it's just we we've been kept out of the club by you know this this lip service. I feel right. Mm. Basically, the thick layer of patriarchy that just you know disseminates all the way through. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think I've definitely noticed. So I'm happy that like, at least, you know, growing up here, my father definitely was like, no, we have to vote. Like that is the one thing that we have the power to do here. And we have to do that. Yep. Though he voted red for a majority of those years, <laughs> but, it, but I did grow up 
at least I'm like thankful that we grew up grew up knowing that like yes there is power in your vote. Um, granted that we came from systems that were corrupt and are still corrupt, and that you know, gate like what you were talking about in India and Pakistan, but at least here I think we see a different side of it. Um, why do you want more women to be involved in politics? And what did they like? What should they know about the politics in the U.S.? Uh, I think women in general should be involved because um, when we do things, we do it right. I feel, and I'm not just saying that to say woman power, but I feel like as a feminist who believes in the equality of men and women, it's important that our voice is equally heard, right? We look at places like New Zealand that are run by women that you can yeah. see very successful governments run. Um, and Same I feel like Iceland too. Yeah, yeah. Iceland, there's, there's several examples of that. And and what would bug me is when people will say, well, when Hillary was running, right, and I'm not the biggest Hillary Clinton fan, I was like, God, her against Donald Trump, she's going to get squashed because this guy is a complete narcissist. Narcissists know how to play the world, right? right. And I, I remember people would say, and people in my own family said, I don't think America is ready for a woman president. And yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. A yeah, and, and that's the most twisted thing I can hear because here's Benazir Bhutto in Pakistan of all places yeah, right. <laughs> that had all that power. So why is it so different here? It's not ready because you don't want it to be ready. And I feel like if women were more involved in politics, we would be ready. They'd say, wow, I see a lot of, you know, a lot of Ilhan Omars. I see a lot of AOCs. I see a lot of these women there. And mm. it's not just a boys club. So why are they there? I feel like we feel safe when we see other people like us, right? Like, like we see, okay, there's a Muslim holding office or, you know, uh, somebody who's a Jewish that's holding office, I feel like you feel more represented. And sure. our South Asian communities aren't heavily represented by the best people. We've got Bobby Jindal, people like Bobby Jindal that oh. run around out there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So when they see no that, thanks. they're like, yeah, they're like, no thanks. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Tulsi. Yeah. So you see bad examples and you're like, you know what? I just don't want to. But if you saw people that actually represented your views and you saw like when you go out there, you meet more people like yourself, you don't feel so isolated and you don't feel like your vote doesn't count. Yeah. Hmm. I feel oh. like the person that I relate to the most in politics right now is probably Beto. I love Beto. A little bit of AOC. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the guy from California, the new guy that's standing up against Ron DeSantis. I'm forgetting his name. Newsome. Newsome. That's it. Yeah. I like him too. So far. And it like just it boggles my mind that we are women are literally 51% of the population. And yet the representation in government is so low, right? Like, why isn't it 50 50? I mean, obviously, we know. We yeah, know why. <laughs> I'm going to answer my own question. <laughs> and that's why I say if we all got involved, women as a whole, we can get things done. Like the right. same way we took yeah, over the right. workforce, right? Like, you know, we can do the same thing here. And we have a long, we have a long battle still in the workforce, right? Like I completely see that I'm part of that. There's plenty of times where I go in and give a pitch and I lose it to a frat boy, you know, who happened to be like, oh, this is my, he knows the, the dad owner company, whatever. There's like yeah. an internal, like, I can't believe a frat boy got picked over somebody like me who's had the company for 10 years, but you know. I don't, I refuse to stop. And I don't think that we should stop whether it comes to our careers, whether it comes to holding higher expectations for the types of people that we want to marry. Um, you know, if, if we have different views than our parents, um, I think this is the generation that's going to stop that passing down toxicity, or we're a little bit more cognizant that, you know, there is toxicity within our own families. Mm -hmm. And 
with that power comes and vote and your it's your private time to do that. You get to go be in the booth all by yourself and you can do whatever you want there. And nobody's going to ask you any questions. You can lie about it when you leave the booth, <laughs> but right. you can literally That's voice your opinions right there. Yeah. And I'm sure some of us yeah. have done it here. Me being one of them. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting to, that we have to do this, but I feel like this is the transition between the, our mom's worlds and the world that we want to create for our daughters. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even when we look at some of the numbers, I was looking up like representation of women in politics, you know, only 28% of Congress makes up women, but only 10% is women of color. Mm -hmm. Right. So like that number is even lower for us women of color. Mm. Um, I'm definitely seeing, you know, we're seeing movement, which is amazing. You know, Sadia, you being one of those people that are part of this movement that you know, just raising awareness, raising your voice, even at that level at home and sort of on TikTok, right? Or on social media or on YouTube, like whatever way, whatever content outlet that you're, you know, putting your content out on, um, we are Hell seeing. Yeah, I was, I was so blown away by her. I saw her and I was like, oh my God, it's a young brown woman talking about American politics. I'm in love. <laughs> you're so sorry. You know, who's not in love. You know, it's always literally always, of course, the, the MAGA crowd. And it's always like, I think it's actually a, a close second or maybe past them. It's always they see men, they see men. who are messaging me nonstop telling can't me, like, stand you, your, I'm sure. I, I can't stand you. You, I mean, I have, I've, I mean, some of the really good ones I show my husband, I'm like, take a look at this one. Look at what he called me. <laughs> like, we got to write that down for later, right? Like, <laughs> you know what? You know what? The other thing I also feel, and this is now going to go back to old school me, right? When we first, when the internet first came out, we used to, we used to hit the internet like clicks. So when one of our friends would take on somebody, we would take them all on. All of us would take them on. Yeah. Like, don't mess with my friends. And I feel like we should be doing that with people like Sadia. We should all be on her stuff and anybody who comments, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> what the fuck? Like a little troll army or a donkey troll army. Woman troll army, like back off. Oh, I, that that would be wonderful. I know they're there though. Even if they don't say anything, I, I don't really like to get in with the trolls. Um, I've got way too much on my plate to to get in there. But like, I get a lot of of Muslim women. I get a lot of uh, Hindu women. I get a lot of I get a lot just of South Asian women that reach out and they're either scared to voice themselves. People that are maybe LGBTQIA plus, they reach yeah. out a lot. And they're like, how do I have this conversation with my family? And it's like I don't have answers for that. Because some of this is is not you, you're not, you're not dealing with logic. You're dealing with faith. You're dealing with tradition where mm -hmm. logic is not, is not a language spoken. And so I feel like it's not just politics. It's also people's identities. And I feel like as South Asian women in America, we're learning new identities. Like I can't, people weren't, I, I wasn't allowed to date, which is why my first marriage happened to a piece of shit shish kebab um you know desi man uh you know <laughs> that's who, okay you can drop some f-bombs on okay you. well he's 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 literally satan's uh spawn and you know like you're 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 nobody superman he would always tell me that you're nobody superman nobody wants to listen to you people are tired of hearing about your politics shut your mouth this is boy stuff that you're doing wow. you act like a boy yeah non-stop right wow was, you married I was like, a champ <laughs> oh yeah and he was jobless <laughs> can wow. i just say that <laughs> Wow. So after that, I was like, never again a Desi man. And now I've made, I have, my husband is obviously a Desi man, but he's the complete opposite. <laughs> so I know that there's Desi men out there with their head on straight that are like, yeah, you know yeah. what? That's your voice. That's what you're pa passionate about. 
go to talk about it. So I know we're capable of it because I found one of y'all. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sammy has the other one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's why I'm vigorously shaking my head. Yes. Yeah. I found the other one. <laughs> she's just she's just trying to be modest. So I thought I'd throw it in there. She's got one. And she That's bagged amazing. him like she bagged him like 20 years ago. So she really hit the jackpot. You are smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Hats off He's to him and hats guy. off to you. And that's what I mean. I know where our men are capable of it. So when people are like, yeah. well, they see men are just like, no, they're not just like that. They are allowed to get away with that. That's their problem. Right. And then, and then if they're, you know, then they get upset about lesbians, right? Like, why is this Daisy girl another Daisy girl? Well, what are you bringing to the table, dude? Nothing. Right. Right. Go marry your mom like you like really deeply desire, <laughs> and the rest of us can just live very happily ever after. <laughs> that's right i think women should also run for local politics for sure yes school board city council city council absolutely yeah our our local problem is a national problem my dad's always said you know we vote for a local dog catcher. We work for, we. I don't know if you guys have constables where you're at. You vote for your local constable. Our area constable for my neighborhood is Troy Nels. And you might've heard his name because he's a MAGA crazy person. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Congress and he started as a neighborhood cop. Wow. That is why, just like she said, just like Amma said, just we got to get out there and make sure that these positions are not filled by people like him. Yeah, yeah that's why I keep mm-hmm. telling you to run. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning how to walk here, hopefully soon. <laughs> So Sadia, like folks that reach out to you, um, women, you mentioned um, South Asian women, LGBTQIA community. In those moments, what is your what is your advice to them? You know, that they when they are struggling to go, I want to talk about this with my family. I want to know what I can say or would do. What are some things that you that are helpful for them that kind of gives them a little bit of guidance? Obviously, you're not going to solve all of their problems, right? Because a lot of it is sort of based around those beliefs and those values that are instilled in us since childhood, yeah. right? Whether they're coming from religion, culture, whatever that space is. Um, what are some w- words of advice that you've given them over time? Uh, the main thing I always tell them, and I, I send voice messages. I, I don't, I don't like for those for those people. I don't want to send a dry text message. So even if it may take me a long time to find your messages, I'll find them. But I'll send a voice message. I want you to know you're not alone. Because that was like something that killed me on the inside. I felt like I was really alone Mm. and I had nobody to talk to. And I feel like for those women, the first step is accepting yourself that there's nothing wrong with you. And that it's going to, it's a, it's an uphill battle that you're facing with tradition. Like I said before, tradition and and religion, and, you know, this is how we've done things. Um, But it's not a battle that you cannot win. There, there are ways to do this safely. I would not recommend going in talking about like, you know, maybe coming out to a very traditionally religious, you know, family that might hurt you in some sort of way. But, you know, let's talk about it. Let's see where you are in the journey um, and take it step by step. That's the other thing. So you're not alone and let's take it step by step. Have you accepted yourself? You know, um, what are the things that are really important to you? Is it acceptance of, you know, your, your significant other that you've picked? Is it Um, you know, maybe the path in life that you're choosing, like conversation is what's going to have to happen. And we have to learn how to talk. Right. And each person that comes to me is very different. Like I have a 
a Nikabi, I'm not going to say her name. I have a Nikabi lesbian who has come to me telling me that not only does she not want to wear the niqab, but she has also been dating a girl for a really long time. I don't know how to tell her to have that conversation, but I wanted to make sure she was comfortable in that, right? And and so she is comfortable in that. What's the next conversation to have? Niqab being not mandatory, right? So she's in a country where it's not mandatory. So now she has to take steps to get her family used to the idea this is not a decision she wants to keep. So you got to, we got to start with one battle and, and work it forward, I would say. Mm. It's really it's like fascinating. Journey to empowerment, mm. it looks like, like step-by-step -step empowerment mm -hmm. and understanding your own true power. Yeah. Yes. And it sounds like you're not only getting political questions, you're mm. getting sort of very personal questions and personal sort of challenges that people are going through. Yes, a lot. It's 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 a mix. Definitely the politics stuff. Um, I have a lot of conservatives that follow me um, that start the conversation off by like, you know, die, bitch, die. And then, you know, I just leave them there. And then sh shortly after, like, I'll get messages like, well, where did where can I read more about this? I'll send it to them. Right. Like they didn't know Greg Abbott's history. Right. Like that he uh, how, you know, he became paralyzed and then how he utilized that loophole to become, you know, four million dollars richer. And then he closed the loophole and, you know, I sent articles to them. So I feel like it's mixed with po politics and personal. And I don't know if that's just because you're on their phone and they feel like you're this close to their face. So they, they're comfortable doing that. I don't know if this is, like you said, it, it's rare to see they see women that are out there and um, open about life and maybe the struggles that they've had. Like I said, my abusive marriage and stuff, people on my page very much know about that. So I get a lot of those kinds of questions a little bit more frequently than I wish I would get, but you know, we're all in this together. So making sure that they get the right resources and that, you know, they stay in touch and understand that they are valuable and important. Or maybe politics is just personal. Maybe that's the other side of it. It is. Yeah. It impacts very so many so. other parts of your, so very personal parts of your life. Like somebody who's worrying about, you know, um, abortion due to medical reasons. That's a very personal decision. And now look, it's in everybody's bedroom now. You know, it's, yep. it's in your hospital records. It's in, these are all personal things. Like that's bizarre that now you have to think about it. And right. the fact that you're a woman and now you're being even further um, antagonized almost, right? Like you're, you're mm. taking, your rights are getting taken away from you. And all, all, it's so personal. So I think that's why there's there's a whole personal layer to politics as well I think so I'm not entirely surprised that people are coming to her with like their hidden secrets I mean of course the fact that she's so open about her life probably but aside from that it's also the fact that she's representing and I think people accept that they you're you're very genuine wherever you're coming from it's very genuine and you can feel it through your you know your insta your social media your tiktok videos it's like you really actually care about it almost feels like you care about womankind, you know, like you care about all of us. And when that shines through, I think that that really hits somebody and then they feel like, okay, I'm going to, I think I'm safe talking to this person. Yeah. And just modeling that vulnerability. Cause I don't think, I think that's something that we sort of fear, right? Mm. Like, oh, that always yeah. obviously rings through yeah. every Desi's mind. So. Oh, yeah. Like so I saw right away yeah. when I, when I looked at her videos and when I, when I saw her on, um, when I started following her and I continued to follow her for a little while, a little while, I saw two things shine through. One was the fact that she actually cares, Sadia, that you actually care. And the second thing, um, was your strength. Both things yeah. shine through. And those are things, they're like beacons of like light when you're 
lost when you're struggling with your own life and it's like wow and then people gravitate towards that so mm -hmm. it's really awesome that you're that you're doing all of that for people um we all make differences in our own little ways i think what you're doing is really phenomenal we need sure. a lot more you're trying to get me to cry you, you got close there you're so sweet thank you <laughs> It's it's so weird because those are the, like I said, those were the opposite words that have been beaten to my head from Desi men for so long, right? Like you have no self-esteem, you know, you, you talking out of your ass and you don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes I second guess myself when I'm saying things, right? Like there's a moment of like glitch and I'm just like, no, no, stay forward. Like you said, you know, use that strength and it's, it's, it's strength from, from women like you, like you ladies, right? Like the people who comment, the people who reach out and, you know, they, they are sharing their struggles. We're all in this together. We all have our own struggles. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you can, I'm, I'm not a disingenuous person. So I'm glad that shines through hopefully, but um, your strength uh, means a lot. Cause I think that that's what feeds everything. Like it's, it's a cycle and, and that's why it's important for all of us to find each other and not feel alone. So thank you again for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And next time when you're starting to second guess yourself, listen to the voices of the women. They know what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Men. Sorry? Oh, Ignore men. <laughs> ignore men. I'm going to yeah. go out there and meet my husband. I have been told to ignore you. No, except your husband because he's he's, yeah. he's, one, of, he's one of us, so it's okay. He doesn't except count. Your <laughs> of course. No, no, I, I, I'm just joking, but I, I completely, you're right. When, when, when we stop, we should remember that there's a whole army of us you know, in support. So you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I say, I, I say the same thing to Sammy too. Sometimes every once in a while when I'm like, just ignore the men, I'm like, except some here, except <laughs> <laughs> don't ignore him. He's really great. <laughs> yeah. Don't ignore the good ones. They, oh, yeah. they have, they have valuable information. Right. And also, I also see that as like, I'm sure he can, he's influencing his friends that are probably not like him. Right. And so just even that has a little bit of power um well with his friends what i've noticed is it's very different it's not like my ex's friends that all birds of trash i can't even say feather birds of trash yeah. flock together right and i leave no exceptions in that so, um they listen birds to and watch trash. every birds of of trash trash. Pile together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all watch my every single move so what's up guys but my my husband's friends i will tell you they are exceptions and i wonder if we need more good influences, like I'm sure your your husband has some good friends too, right? Sure. Like like-minded people hang out together. So when I meet his friends, it's always like such a pleasure. And I'm like, wow, I can, you know, we even sometimes they'll message me like on stuff that I post. And even if we're not on the same exact wavelength, that it's something new that we can talk about. And, and I really appreciate, especially South Asian men that are willing to step outside of however they were raised and say, hey, I see it from your perspective. That means a lot to us, I feel. Yeah. And that's a lot of empathy, right? That's a lot yes. of empathy that we need to actually start building up within our own communities to be able to see it from the other point of view. Because I think that's one thing that gets in the way is that like men not really going, oh, I don't I don't really care about your issues. Like, I don't want to deal with the women's stuff, right? That's usually yeah. what we hear. <laughs> yeah, or it's, well, you know, you deal with it or it's really not a big deal. That's one thing that right. really pisses me off when they see men, especially, it's not really a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal just because you don't care about it or because it doesn't right. affect you. Right. And even now, like all this talk about abortion in the country and rights being taken away, a lot of, you know, I'm hearing a lot of conversations like, oh, well, it's now up to the states, you know, they could still decide. And it's like, why is that so easy for you to just 
spit out of your mouth. But why is it not easy for you to just say, this is bullshit? Like, this is fucked up what's happening in the country. Why is that not easy for you to say that? Um, they don't care. It, it doesn't, right. it, for them, this is great, right? Like, they get their families, you know, they right. get that semblance of power. Um, I remember when it that happened. It doesn't matter to them, right? It doesn't. doesn't. Affect them, right? It doesn't. There was actually somebody on my Facebook page that posted, like, what would you guys do in this situation? And she had a conversation. She's not Daisy, um, actually. And so she she had posted something about, like, when this whole abortion thing happened, I asked my husband, you know, what are we going to do if I get pregnant? Because she's had two high risk pregnancies and neither of them worked out. And he says, well, the state says we're going to have to carry it out. And she's like, what if it doesn't work? And his same his response was the same. And she goes, am I overreacting and being upset with him? And like, if you saw the amount of comments that were like, leave him, divorce him, like if you can't even show empathy that your wife could go to the hospital and not come back wow. that's not somebody you should be with that's definitely not somebody right. you should be with right and someone who doesn't even have the curiosity to be like what's going on with you tell me more help me understand right like that there's not even that layer of conversation happening like empathy like that curiosity <laughs> yeah. even at the beginning to go okay tell me a little more about what's happening with you because i don't understand it at least ask that <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or how are you feeling? I remember when I came downstairs, right. my husband was like, are you okay? I'm like, no, don't talk to me. He didn't do anything. But I'm like, just don't talk to me. <laughs> like, Leave me alone. But you know, we need the support actually of these men that actually do have empathy that are willing to look at it from our side right now more than ever. So we should not be blocking them out. You know, I'm obviously just kidding about, you know, not, <laughs> you know, leave me alone, but I think we need <laughs> need them that, that this is right. the time if they have such a strong voice that they always talk about right use it use it to protect the women that you love and their sisters as well yeah absolutely where can people find you uh i'm on instagram and tiktok and i i think i don't know what i'm doing on twitter but i'm there too so <laughs> there's that <laughs> so well we will for sure tag you and um you know kind of when we get the content out for this episode but I, I know actually I, I loved like we, we've spoken once before and I told my husband like right away I was like man those are some badass ladies like seriously like it's it's I, I don't get to talk to too many like face-to-face -to -face or zoom to zoom they see women and it's wonderful that you guys are doing this thank you no thank you so much and it's we're obviously like in awe of the work that you're doing as well because I think we need yeah, more women you. like you um, and you can definitely, definitely count us amongst your supporters. If yeah. You ever oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Sadia 2026. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have a little fan club here, so. Yeah, hell yeah. Same. You, you ladies are wonderful. Um, and thank you for, you know, all that you do. And uh, you'll be surprised. I, I hope to share this with a lot of the South Asian women that, that have come to me. And I hope that they see that there are super women here. Look, at look. there's three of you right here. You know, <laughs> reach out to them. Listen to them. Your voice is not alone. They share it. I'm making your I'm making your thing already. Well, I don't even know what it's called. Um, your Trump line is going to be instead of MAGA, it's going to be MASA. Make America Saudi again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that shortens to MASA. I think though. I know <laughs> MASA. But we said MASA. It's okay. MASA. Masi. You were with Chai Wali. Chai Wali 2026. Chai Wali Masi. Oh man. Too funny. It's funny. Oh man, Keith, you're amazing. Thank you. And and thank you, Samreen and, and yeah. your husband and Amna. You guys, you, you <laughs> ladies are wonderful.
Sadia, thank you so thank much for you, the Sadia. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can find us on Instagram at 3-A-U-R-A-T-E-N. If you'd like to follow Sadia, you can head over to our website at www.orate.com. Click on today's episode, season two, episode two, and it'll contain links to her social media accounts. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.